Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another edition of Chapel Hill Thrill presented by the Believe Podcast Network. I'm your host, Jacob Karabatsis. I'm going to be doing a little solo dolo today. No one joining me. We're just going to talk a little bit about the game on Saturday, talk about what to expect coming into this weekend, what we can really gather from these first three games. You know, we're a quarter of the way into the season. We have a little more information on this group now. We've seen a lot of different things. They've shown us a lot of positives, a lot of bright spots. They've shown us a decent amount of negatives that still need to be fixed. But nonetheless, we're rocking with our heels all the time, no matter the flaws, no matter the results. That being said, there's no reason to be down. We're 3-0, and baby. You know, like, yes, There are things, the App State game, we shouldn't have had to escape in overtime. Pretty convincing win over a Big Ten opponent this past weekend. But you want want to win one one game at a time, one week at a time. You wanted to be 3-0 coming into conference play, going to Pitt. An offense that we thought would be really good, Pitt, not UNC, but we, we thought Pitt would be a really competitive team. They haven't looked great. They only put up six points over the weekend against West Virginia. Nonetheless, going into an ACC foes territory, never, ever going to be easy. So, look, I mean, it's where you want to be. There's definitely things we can talk about, but you haven't lost yet. You're still alive, and you're still in really, really good position to win the ACC. You know, this could be a special year, and – as fans, obviously, we critique. We're, we're extra critical because we know how good this this bunch can be. But take it one game at a time. You're 3-0. and Hope to go to 4-0. and Then you get three home games in a row. Really, only one of them is a difficult game. You're going to play Syracuse and Virginia at home. Um, those should be wins. You also have to play Miami at home in that stretch, which is going to be tough, another ranked opponent. So it's going to be a good test, but you get through this game, then you reach the the pretty favorable bulk of your schedule, and then the last three games of the year are pretty brutal. But that's not what we're here to talk about. I'm just happy that this group has shown that regardless of apparent flaws, they still have the talent, they still have the guts, they still have the ability to come out on top of these games. I feel like that's something they did miss last year. When things weren't going right, they really, really, really went south. And it was very hard for this group to recover. You know, if the game plan didn't work or if they got down in a game, it was really hard to come back. Now, part of that is the defense is better this year. You know, it's still not an elite unit, but it's much, much, much more serviceable and, that's something to, to definitely hold our heads up about as fans and, you know, for UNC to hold their heads up about. Um, Minnesota's not a great offense, but 
they're a Big Ten team. They can run the football. They can play defense. And, you know, you held them to 13 points. You put up 31, did what you needed to do. First time we've ever played Minnesota in the history of our program. So it, it was a really, really big statement win at Keenan. And I just think that it's one of those things where the defense obviously won you week one, right? The offense was all right. Defense comes out nine sacks against South Carolina. So they've proven they can win that way. And then they disappear for two games. They have one sack in the last two games against App and against Minnesota. Do you need nine every game? Absolutely not. But you're going to have to find ways to get sacks because to have nine in game one and then only combine for one over the next two games, it's just not a good look. And I think that's both a bright spot and a concern is a bright spot as we've seen how good this front seven can be. So that's promising. However, we've also seen that this front seven is getting a little bit of pressure, but they're struggling to actually get to the quarterback. Now we got to find that happy medium, the in-between of the nine sacks and the one total sack over the, over the last two games. You got to find that happy medium. That is absolutely crucial for this bunch. The secondary has honestly been impressive. I mean, they, Spencer Rattler was obviously good in week one. Um, I think he threw for almost 400 yards against this group. However, that's just kind of the reality of what South Carolina is this year. They can't run the ball. They don't really have running backs, so they're going to air it out. And App State had a couple big plays downfield, but this brings me to the other you know, kind of there's a bright spot here and a negative spot. The bright spot is, like I just said, you know, secondary is holding their own. You know, you lose you lose some guys to injury early in the year and you think, what is this unit going to do? What is, what is this bunch going to do? And they, they figured it out enough. Now, the other side of that is the run defense is once again – pretty poor and that's probably an understatement um but you come out you give up like 20 rushing yards against South Carolina in week one that's kind of to be expected like I said they don't really have a run game then you come out against App State and they pretty much dominate the line of scrimmage they go for 219 on the ground you have to come back in overtime to beat them I mean they were gashing us and then you come out against Minnesota, you know, kind of the Big Ten MO, run the ball, play defense. You know, Minnesota goes for 170. And they're not just doing it because, you know, they're getting the ball a lot of attempts. No, they're average. You know, these, these guys are doing it averaging five, five and a half yards a carry. That's just not going to be feasible, especially when you get down to the nitty gritty of the schedule and you start playing a really good team. You start playing a Miami, you start playing a Duke, you start playing a Clemson. They will run it down your throat. They will, t they will take the ball out of Drake May's hands by milking the clock, and it's going to get rough. And that's something that, that I really, really want to see this front seven fix. And I know they can fix it. I know they have the talent, the size, the athleticism, the strength, is win the line. 
you know, you got to get to it. Like 170 is a fine number, but we got to keep people out of that 200 plus range. Like it's college football. You know, teams are going to run the ball. They're going to have positive plays. Like it's going to be rare that you have a performance where, you know, you hold a team to 50 rushing yards, 60 rushing yards. But just, you know, set, set a goal, make it 150 or below, something like that. It's, it's bad, and we've seen this team kind of get gashed on the ground for the last couple years, and that's something that definitely has to change. It's, it's hard to win games, and obviously they've done it, but once you start playing those more talented teams, you start playing teams that are going for 200, you know, 220 on the ground, it's going to be harder to score every possession. If they're running the ball for 220 yards, they're taking the clock. The really good teams are not just taking the clock. They're taking the clock and scoring touchdowns. And then that's putting even more pressure on Drake May. That's putting even more pressure on the offense of, hey, we can't get a stop. You guys have to score every time you touch the ball. So that has to be fixed. Now, that being said, They've won the three games in three different ways. And I think that is a really strong sign. They really only had one way to win the games last year. And that was put up 35 plus points. Drake May throws for 350 plus yards. That was the MO last year. And a lot of that does have to do with Phil Longo's scheme and the defense being worse. But it has been nice to see they won the first game with defense. So the offense wasn't sloppy. They put up 31 points, but it wasn't great. And they put up 31 points because the defense allowed them to have good field position a lot. So they won the first game with nine sacks. You come out the second game, you win because of Marion Hampton looks like prime Adrian Peterson. He absolutely goes off, runs for 234, and you had 319 rushing yards as a team. First two games, two completely different ways to win. Defense wasn't great against that. You still won the game, running all over them. And then you have the people that are sitting here through two games like, wait, hold up. Drake May last year was putting on a clinic through these two games. Was he bad in the first two games this year? Not really. He wasn't great. He wasn't bad. But, you know, he threw for 208 against that. And then against South Carolina, he threw for 269. He was at two touchdowns, two picks. Not the numbers we expect from May. But I discussed this last week with Jeremiah Holloway. A lot of that has to do with Chip Lindsey running this balanced scheme. And that brings us to the third way they won. He knows that Drake, he knows that they can win games without Drake having to do what he did last year. When Drake needs to be special, Drake will be special. And that's what we saw on Saturday as the third way that they won. They only had 105 rushing yards, which is to be expected against a Big Ten opponent. They usually have very big physical front sevens. It's hard to establish the line. It's hard to run. Drake made throws for 414 yards, and I'm sure fans are like, oh, my goodness, this is the Drake that, that we saw last year. and. That is true, but that's why I was telling people to not panic because they just know that Drake doesn't have to do that every single game now, which is great. Now, does it hurt his chances of winning a Heisman? Absolutely, and that you know is a selfish thing as 
fans that we want to see. But it's it's great that he doesn't have all of that pressure on him. And we know that ultimately, most of the time when it comes down to it, when he needs to have one of these games, he can. 29 of 40, 414, two touchdowns. The only thing I will say is the two picks. Now, against South Carolina, one of the picks was not his fault. This game, um, two interesting decisions that led to picks. He's already thrown four. I think he only threw seven last year. So hopefully that number does not go up much more because that's one thing that you can't afford to do, especially when your team is struggling to stop the run, is you can't turn the ball over. Can't give people good field position. And, and I think Drake will clean it up. I mean, he's a special, special quarterback. But he gets Nate McCollum back finally. You know, he had him last week, but he didn't really have him. He still wasn't in the swing of things. This is his true, I would say, debut. He goes for 15, 165, and a tutty. That's a huge difference. Now, obviously, we're not going to have Tez, sadly, but Tez would make even more of a difference. But you add McCollum into the mix with with the Morales, Nesbitt, Copenhaver tight end group. You add him in the mix with Kobe Paysauer, J.J. Jones, Gavin Blackwell. It, it, the weapons are coming. Their weapons are coming around. You obviously know the weapons you have in the run game. Marion British, Drake can run. You know, you, you got guys. But Nate McCollum being back offered us a really, really nice downfield threat, and you could see it. And that is why I am so excited because through three weeks. This team has done something that they could not do last year, and that has proved to us that they have numerous ways to win football games. That is what the great teams do. They figure out how to win football games no matter what they need to do. doesn't matter if they have to do it running the ball. doesn't matter if they have to do it throwing the ball. doesn't matter if they have to do it, you know, getting to the quarterback. doesn't matter if they have to do it forcing turnovers. The defense has to stand tall. They find ways to win. That's what has excited me the most about this group is that it appears that they are finding ways to win. Has it always been pretty? Absolutely not. The app game was not pretty, and it wasn't it, it was not an impressive victory, but it was still a victory. Has it always been what we wanted it to be as fans? Absolutely not. But this is college football. I mean, that's just what happens. Every week someone's going to test you. Every week someone's going to give you their best shot. It's it's just the reality of the sport. Now, they head to Pitt this week, primetime, 8 p.m. ACC Network game. Pitt cannot score. Their offense is really bad. Our defense should be able to come in there, hold them to 17 or below. They do have a really good defense, but I think our offense can still score in that 28 to 34 range. It's going to be a nice little start to conference play to get that experience under the belt of going into Pitt, a place that you know we've struggled a bit in the in recent memory. So it's going to be nice to go in there, try to get try to get a win, try to get our first ACC win under the belt, and then get to head back to Keenan for a three game stretch. So I have high hopes for Saturday. Um, UNC seven and a half point favorites. You know, the the line makers and the college football world expects this to be a pretty 
pretty easy win. Um, in a way, though, that makes me scared because that's been the MO of a Mac Brown team is when, when you are a heavy favorite and when you are supposed to win a game, you either find a way to lose or find a way to make it real, to, real, real close. And that's my concern with Saturday is I just want to see this team. They just did it against Minnesota. That's all I asked is, hey, you guys are favored. Come out and take care of business for once. That's all I want to see at Pitt. I know you're playing on their turf. They're not going to roll over. It's going to be tough. But you're seven and a half point favorites. Go to Pitt. Do what you're supposed to do. Win the game by 10 plus points. That's what I want to see. And I think that's when I'll say they've really taken that leap when they are actually manhandling the teams that they are supposed to manhandle. Now, look, if this group loses to Miami or Duke or at Clemson or at State, it is what it is. That's acceptable. But, you know, you start dropping games to to Pitt, to Virginia, to Georgia Tech. that That's the ones that you can't lose. And that's been the ones that they seem to always lose one of under Mac. And that's what has to change. But nonetheless, it's been a really fun first three games. It feels good to still be in the undefeated conversation. It feels good that Drake May has not played his best football and you're undefeated. It feels good that the, that the front seven – has only one sack in the last two weeks, and you've won both those games. And it feels good that this team has numerous ways they can beat people. I mean, it's it's great. It's great to witness as a fan. Definitely still things that need to improve. There is no doubt about that. But I'm feeling hopeful. I'm feeling like this group really is starting to mesh and understand what's at stake here. They're They're starting to understand how important each game is. They're taking it one week at a time instead of looking too far ahead on the schedule. And I like it. I like this group. It's a fun team to watch. Mac Brown, you know, great guy. And he loves this group. I like what I see from Chip Lindsey's offense. I like what I'm seeing from Gene Chizik and with another year under his belt as the defensive coordinator. My hopes are high for the heels. I think they're going to go into pit this week, take care of business, and be 4-0. That's all you can ask, one week at a time, one win at a time. That will do it for this edition of Chapel Hill Thrill. I hope you guys enjoyed the little solo conversation with me today. Now, I will be back either later this weekend or early next week with a guest, of course, to talk more UNC and college football you know, love doing this, love getting this experience to connect with you guys about UNC athletics, something that, you know, I'm very passionate and anyone who's listening to this is very passionate about. It's always a great time. I always appreciate everyone that's out there listening. Make sure you guys are, you know, following me on socials, interacting with me. Make sure you guys are following Believe on socials, interacting with them. A bunch of great podcasts over there on the network. Until next time, I'll see you guys and stay safe.